0: The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com.
1: Thank you for listening. Well, how's everybody feeling on a Sunday? Whoa. Well, hey, by the, the judge of the response on that, uh, listen... Some of you are feeling amazing. Some of you have had three cups of coffee, but then there's others of you who have yet to have any coffee at all. So let me, let me try it again. How is everybody feeling on a Sunday? Yeah. Listen, I'm gonna need y'all to get rowdy with me this morning, this nine o'clock crew. Y'all gonna have to get fired up with me today. We, we say this often and I wish it was original with me. I heard it somewhere, but it's so true. Um, I'm a holler back preacher, which means it's okay to say amen. It's okay to clap your hands. It's okay to laugh at terrible bad jokes that I'm going to tell. It's okay. Let's have fun in the Lord today, and I'm excited about what God's going to do in church. And I hope that you are too. Hey for those of you that that don't know, which is probably many of you, did any of you know that last song? Don't raise your hand because you didn't. That last song was a Christian Life Austin original written by Luke Meadows, the guy that was singing it. So uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Pretty amazing. Luke, great job on that, sir. And then let me give um, another plug to Summer Blast. You heard it in the video announcements. If you have a child you need to register for summer blast i'm telling you our team has been working tirelessly filming videos to make this event special for your children we understand that that they can't meet in classrooms right now but we also understand their need to grow in their relationship with jesus And so we want to help that move forward. So sign your child up for Summer Blast. I'm telling you, mom and dad, you will not regret it, okay? It's going to be an amazing three-day experience, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, going live on any of our platforms at 10 a.m., and I promise you, you will not regret it. But we're going to dive right into the Word of God. I've got just a few moments today, and I'm excited, really, anytime I step Behind this pulpit and have the opportunity to bring God's word to uh, such an amazing group of people. That's you and that's everybody joining us online. I don't take it lightly. Pastor, I honor you. Thank you for, for trusting me to bring uh, the word of the Lord um, in a pulpit that you've stood behind literally thousands of times. I do not take it lightly. But we're in, um, we're really, we're wrapping up a, a two part little series that, that I started last week uh, called Righty Tidy lefty lucy Uh, some of you walked out to the water faucet you know this week to water your plants like i did and and you didn't think of that water faucet the same Um, and and so today really we're going to kind of continue that thought just just a little bit but you know the phrase righty tighty lefty lucy it was a a phrase that you learned as a kid when you were trying to figure out which way to turn things right to open it up or to close it or to tighten or to loosen it righty tighty Lefty Lucy, And so last week we established the fact that you and I have access to the very manifest presence of God, not, not just His omnipresence, the fact that He's everywhere, but this made known, this real tangible presence of God. We have access to that. And we, we also said that, that you can have as much access to His presence as you want because He's the well that will never run dry. And the faucets don't control, and they don't create the presence, but they do control the flow. And so you and I can have as much of His presence as we want, it just, it depends on what we choose to allow to flow freely in our life, and it, it also determines and, and depends on what we choose to turn off um, and not allow to flow into our life. And so, last week we talked about a lot of things that we need to, to turn off righty tidy in our life. and, and today. I want to talk about one thing, that if you want to step into the presence of God in a real and a tangible way, that maybe the last several months you have felt kind of depleted in your spirit. Maybe you're run down and you're frustrated that because things aren't the same, that things are changing. And if you want to enter into the presence of God, I'm going to, we're going to talk about today one thing that will usher you into the presence of God in a moment. For just a few moments, and I don't even have a title, I don't even have, here's the, here's the title that I have in my notes, worship. That's as fancy as it gets, there's no catchy title. Today for the next few moments, we're going to be talking about worship, and so if you're in the house, I need you to get with the word of the Lord. If you're online today, come on, when, whenever you feel something, I want you to throw those praise hands up, the praying hands, I need you to, to get with us today. We're talking about Worship, And you know who the original worship leader was, like ever, right? You know who that is? It wasn't Pastor Randy. No, no, no. The original worship leader ever was Lucifer. Man, that'll just encourage you. Just jump right out of the bat talking about Satan, huh? Lucifer, Satan, was the original worship leader. He was created to lead worship. He was created to direct all the praise and all the glory and the adoration towards God. But, but you know the story, Satan gets greedy, gets selfish, and he wants all the worship for himself. And he was, he was trying to make everything about him instead of making it about God. In fact, he wanted to be above God. And you know that's still his goal, don't you? Right? That he, he wants the attention on himself. That he wants to be above God. And if listen, if he can get your attention, and we talked about this a little bit last week, so I won't belabor the point, but if he can get your attention on anything other than God, he in turn gets the worship because your attention is not on God, right? So so he he is in the business of trying to get your attention off of God, and in return, he gets the worship for it because your attention isn't on what it's supposed to be, and it's why... What we're talking about today is so important. It's why your worship is so important. It's why what you worship is so important. It's why we we step back and we take a a deep look at, at our worship and how we're worshiping. Because if we're not worshiping the right things, then Satan, Lucifer, gets the worship. And I don't know about you, but I don't want that to ever be said about me. Obviously, intentionally, but I think unintentionally, a lot of times, if we're not careful, that happens. And so, obviously, God is having none of this. He, he's, uh, no, 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 you're, you're not getting the worship over me. Uh, I, I, am, I am the God of the universe. And so he kicks him out of heaven. He expels him to earth, and I don't have time to to dive through all of this, but you can open your Bibles when you get home today and and read about it in Isaiah chapter 14. It kind of gives you a, a good account of what happens there. And so now Satan, the original worship leader, is booted out of heaven. Here's the interesting part. Though the worship leader is gone, it doesn't mean that worship is done right? Just because the original worship leader now has gotten the boot from heaven, God still desires worship. He still wants to be worshiped. There's, there still has to be worship coming from somewhere. God, worship is not complete now that the, the worship leader is gone and he didn't determine that we got to change a course of direction. I no longer need worship because no, 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 God still wants worship even though the person that he originally created for worship is no longer in that position. And so what we have now is Lucifer on earth, expelled to earth, no longer the worship leader. And so what we have now is a worship leader position looking to be filled. There's a vacancy in the kingdom of God, and and, and the Lord is hiring. He's looking to bring on a worship leader. He's looking to bring a worship leader on his team that can lead worship, that can help bring glory and unify glory and adoration to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you know who he hired? He hired you, and he hired me. He hired every single one of us, instead of having one worship leader leading it all in Lucifer, he said, I got a better idea. He says, there's a creation, there's a a group of people that I have created that I have breathed life into, and I got a plan now that every single one of you are gonna be on my team, and you're gonna be bringing adoration and praise and glory to the name of the Lord. It's you, and it's me. And I know, what, I know what some of us think when we hear something, he's chosen me to be a worship leader. Does he, does he know how I sound? Now, maybe he heard me when I was in the shower. That's when I sing my best. Maybe that's what he's judging me on. But not. I mean, I can't sing on the worship team at church. They No. You have to listen. Some of y'all sing like, you know, American Idol when they had, like, all their family tell them they're really good singers? And they're not good. You know what I'm talking Like, some of you are thinking that. Like, that. He, he created this voice, and he wants me to be a worship leader? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do it. It's not about how pretty it sounds, let me tell you that, and I know that I'm grateful for that. Does he know how much baggage that I carry into every single day of my life, and he wants me to be the worship leader? Does he know the problems that I have? Does he know the temper that I deal with? Does he know the, the marital issues? And he wants me to be a worship leader? To be no, 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 surely you're not, you did not create me for worship. I got problems. You can find somebody else, somebody better, somebody better equipped to bring worship and honor and praise to you. Does he know my failed business ventures? Does he know how many times I've met? Lord, are you for real? Like, is this true? You, you don't, me? Yeah, 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 you. I'm not equipped to do this is what we tell ourselves. And so what do we do during worship? And I'm not judging. We all have these moments, but we sit back in, in moments like this that we just went through and we're just, man, y'all are doing great. Keep it up. Man, but I, I'm not, I don't show expression. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's hired you. But I don't have a good, yeah, 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 but he's hired you to sing praise and glory and bring honor to the name of the Lord. But we tell ourselves, I'm not equipped to do this. Now listen, I'm probably one of the most ignorant people when it comes to the topic of music, y'all. I don't even know the right time to come up when it's my time. I'm giving y'all a little secret. Every time I have to come up, I tell my wife, you better look at me and make sure that I don't miss my time to come up. I don't know the right time. I don't know the verses and the choruses come up after verse, chorus, bridge, BR 549 or two. I don't know that. (laughs) But in doing a little bit of research, I have found something pretty interesting about music, and it's that music falls into one of three categories. If you pluck it, it's called a stringed instrument. That's your violins, your banjos, your guitars. Even a piano would be considered a stringed instrument, much to my surprise. I'm telling you, I, I don't know this stuff. Uh, it's the harp section, right? This is, this is the stringed instruments. Or you have the percussion instrument. Right, right the really loud stuff. The percussion instruments, that, that's your drums, your cymbals, anything that you hit to make noise. But then you also have what's called the wind instruments, your flutes, your trumpets, your saxophones. So you've got stringed instruments, you've got percussion, and you've got wind instruments. And and I know, I know that there's moments in your life that you walk through and you don't feel uh, adequate to bring worship and praise. To God the way that he deserves especially and you and you look at your life and you're like no 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 that's not me I could never worship to the level that he deserves I know sometimes we don't feel equipped to bring adequate worship but you were created to worship you weren't created just for worship you were created to worship but I don't feel equipped well well I'm about to prove to you that it doesn't matter how you feel because you were literally created for worship I love how God works I, lo- I love how God works because he he says listen I I'm in need of a worship leader Satan is no longer in the picture so my creation here's the beauty of it My creation is going to have everything that they need. I'm going to equip my children with everything that they need to bring adequate worship and praise to me. And I got good news for some of you in the house. It ain't dependent on how pretty your voice is. That don't matter. He still equips you. In fact, let me take it this, this far. He has equipped you with the stringed instrument, he's equipped you with percussion instruments, and he's equipped you with wind instruments. Every every type of music falls into one of those three categories, and i got good news for you today. He has equipped you with every single one of those categories. Which means that we don't get to worship when we feel like it, when it seems convenient for us. We can't use excuses that I don't have what it takes, that I've got too much baggage, that He won't accept my worship. No, no, no. He automatically accepts your worship because you were created to worship. And He has built within you everything that you need to bring honor and glory to the King of Kings. And you're wondering, you know what? If you're in the house, look at somebody and say, I'm equipped. I'm equipped. If you're online, come on, wherever you're at, maybe you're eating a donut right now around the kitchen table. Why don't you type in the comment section, I am equipped. Don't be lazy. Type it. Come on, come on. I am equipped. I'm equipped for worship. You're equipped for worship. That donut sounds really good right now. We're equipped for worship. But what, what do you mean? Brad, that I'm I'm equipped, that he's put everything inside of me. I want to show you this. See, right here, these are your vocal cords. Two, two strings that run right down here <laughs> that make up your vocal cords. You, you were created uh, with a stringed instrument on the inside of you. And And what about the wind instrument? You understand that there is air, that there is breath that runs through the lungs that he placed inside of your body. So when you muster up a little bit of worship from somewhere deep down and it flows through your lungs and it comes out through your vocal cords, you were created Literally for worship. But what about the percussion? You see these two bad boys right here? Woo! See, when you take your right hand and it meets your left hand, come on, somebody should try it right now. Just boo! And then boom. Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes from somewhere way down in here and it passes through your vocal cords, and then every once in a while you muster up enough to just put your hands together for Jesus. He has given us. Everything that we need to worship Him. It doesn't matter how awful you feel, how inequipped that you feel, you have what you need. But I just, I don't know, I'm not an emotional person. Oh, yes, you are. And truthfully, listen, I'm a pretty reserved person too. I'm not the most exuberant person. I'm pretty chill. I don't like the spotlight. I like other people to be in the spotlight. But when it comes to worshiping Jesus, and I'm preaching to myself, I'm not preaching to you right now. It don't matter how I feel because He's worthy of wind passing through my lungs and out of my mouth and me to use my vocal cords. I don't know about you, but he's done more for me that it's not, it don't cost me very much to put my hands together for him. It doesn't cost me very much to just come up with something that can honor him. You and I are the replacement for the unemployed fallen angel named Lucifer (laughs) you and I see he wants worship from your vocal cords absolutely he wants it from your very breath that's your wind instrument he wants you to worship with your hands but let me let me get to what I'm really trying to get to all of that is important but here's the key all of our worship has to come from one place it's got to come from a place called heart see it's not worship if you just walk in and put a hand together to check a box that said i went to church on sunday it's not the same when you walk in and you just uh what's going what's for lunch today No, no no he he wants worship from our hands he wants it from our lungs and he wants it to pass through our vocal cords but he also wants it to originate in a place called heart He wants it to come from a place of deep love and deep adoration. He wants it to come from our hearts. And for some of us, some of us, Christianity has become really difficult. Come on, Jesus, really? I got to do this and I got to do that. You're asking too much of me. I mean, really, look at every... Why do I have to live a life like this? Why, why? You're, you're just asking too, too much. And can I, can I counter that with this response? Is that you and I need to walk away from a mindset like that. And you need to do one thing. Are you ready? It's really simple. Fall in love with Jesus. Because... When you fall in love with Jesus, living for him is not difficult. But see, it's when you're not in love that it becomes about rules and about, oh, I got to do this for you, I got to do that for you, I got to love, I got to worship you. Come on, if Christianity has become that for you, can I tell you that you've got to get back to the very heart of who he is and why it is that you have served him in the first place? and you've got to fall in love with him afresh and anew. Mark chapter 12 and 30 would say it this way, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength, with everything that you have. And I love the way that Jesus does it here. He just doesn't tell us to love, but he shows us how to love with everything that you have, whether you feel like it or whether you don't feel like it, he still requires us to worship from a place called heart. Because as human beings, listen, you know this better than I do, that we have a propensity to worship what we love. We we worship what we love. And so when he's talking about all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, He's talking about expressing your affection to Him. He loves the hand clapping. He loves the singing. He loves all of that, but it's got to come with heart and soul. It's got to come with all of your strength. It's got to come with all of your mind. And as we talked about last week, your attention is what he's talking about. It's got to be wrapped up in that. Like you don't need to walk in here thinking about what yesterday was or what tomorrow holds. Walk in here and get lost in the presence of God. Hey, when's the last time that's happened for you? You walked in. Maybe it's your house, and you just falling on your face before Him. I don't know what you're walking through, but here's what I know. When you find yourself in a position like that, whatever you're walking through, it may not be fixed, but your heart will be changed walking through it. The way that you're, you're living, and the way that you're thinking, and the way that you're acting. Worship is more than a service. It's more than a song an expression it's an action it's an offering it's a lifestyle I want to read to you today this is going to take a few moments so you're going to have to stay with me but I need you to lean in because as I begin to read this passage of scripture was overwhelmed with emotion this week, knowing a couple weeks ago that I was feeling to talk about worship today, I was just drawn to this passage of Scripture, and I want you to, I hope that it hits you the same way that it's hit me, but I want to read to you one of the most beautiful passages in the Bible dealing with worship. You know what? Why don't we do this? Why don't you close your eyes? And I want you to listen to this, and I want you to think about this for just a moment. Luke chapter 7. When one of the Pharisees, which would be the religious, the spiritual leaders of the day, invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table a woman in that town who lived a sinful life, learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. She stood behind him at his feet, weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears, and she she wiped them with her hair, and she kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who invited him in saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher," he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him five hundred denarii; the other fifty. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, and so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which one of them will love him more? Simon replied, "I suppose the one who had." the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. And then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? Do you see this woman? I came into your house and you did not give me any water for my feet, but she, she wet my feet with her tears and she wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time that I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured out perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. And then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Wow. What a picture of worship this is. And and Jesus is telling us this lady gets it. She understands that, that she's got junk in her life, that she's messed up, that she's a sinner but that I'm going to forgive her, that I'm going to go to the cross and she understands the brevity of what's going to happen, but the Pharisee, maybe, maybe you're not worshiping me because you're pretty good and you think that you're just a, a really good person. Maybe, maybe you think that I don't have that much to be forgiven of. The cross is nice, and it's pretty, and it's cute, and it, it took care of those little sins that I committed. But Jesus is saying, the woman in this story, no, she wasn't that way at all. That was not her her response to the grace and to the mercy and to who I am. No, no, no. She's thinking, I know what I've done in my life. I know where I've been and where I've walked, and I'm blown away that you would choose to forgive me. I'm blown away that you would even choose to love me in spite of me. And I can't even control my response in this moment. All I know to do is bring you everything that I have and pour it on your feet. And my emotions, I'm sorry, I just can't control it as as tears flow down my face and they fall on your feet. I'm sorry for getting your feet wet. Let me get my hair here and let me try to dry your feet with my... With my hair, but but I'm just—I can't control myself right now because I know who you are, and I'm worshiping you not to check a box, not to just say I did it. No, no, no! I'm worshiping you heart and soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength, with everything that I have. So I ask you this question, who do you resemble in this story, who do I resemble in this story? Do I resemble the powerful, mighty Pharisee sitting at the table talking with Jesus, discussing important things, having theological debates, and knowing a lot about what it is to to follow Jesus. Man, that was a great miracle you performed yesterday. You know, maybe you could have done it this way or this is how we get, isn't it? Or maybe you're like the woman from our story. It was just so in awe of Jesus. Jesus, your presence is everything to me. Can I tell you in the day and age in which we live, His presence must be everything to you. I think we care too much about what the person sitting next to us thinks, about what our neighbor thinks. And it keeps us constrained. I'm not talking about getting out of control and doing something. No, no, no. There's a difference between heartfelt worship, worshiping from a place of awe, worshiping from a place that says, God, if you don't move in my life, I can't make it. I wonder what it would look like. If you would worship, not worrying about what the person next to you says or does, not worrying if your mask fills with tears and snot. (laughs) I wonder what would happen if, if collectively we got back to the heart of worship. Just stand with me all across this house? I wonder for the next few moments, if you would, Luke's going to sing a song. I've asked him to sing, and we're going to wrap up. But as he sings, I wonder if you would evaluate your worship and ask yourself, maybe you don't know, ask God. Lord, who do I resemble in that story? Do I resemble the Pharisee or do I, do I resemble the woman that, that worshiped you from a place of all, a place called heart? And I wonder if we sing this as, maybe you found yourself worshiping like the Pharisee. I wonder if in this next moment you could begin to shift the way that you worship. If you could shift the place from where you worship and move back to a place of awe of just getting in the presence of god that says lord I, I know maybe i've been serving you a long time and i've gotten gotten away from it, but I just want to sit at your feet I want to worship you
0: Luke what you sing When the music fades And all is strange Семь. things up
1: A worship alignment, a worship realignment. See, I think a lot of times, Lord, that it's it's easy for me to bring you worship with my hands and with my vocal cords and from my lungs, but if if I'm honest, there's been times when it's it's not come from a place called heart. And today. Lord, I think you've you've brought us back to worship you from a place of awe, not a place of duty, not a place to check a box, but of who you are. And so this week, Lord, as we face whatever life may bring, we choose, everyone watching online, everyone in the house, we choose to worship you the way that you've created us to worship you and from a place that you want it to come from with everything that we have all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength bless us today keep your hand on us Lord for it's in Jesus name I pray and everybody said amen come on everybody said amen we love you thank you listen i'm sorry i didn't even i had no clue i was going to ball the entire time i preached i apologize thank you for putting up with that i'm sorry but wednesday night when you're watching online come on i want i want us to watch from a place of awe, right? when sunday when we come back into the house of the lord i want us to worship from a place of who he is and i'm telling you I can't tell you exactly how it works, but I'm telling you that when you start worshiping from that place, things just start trending in the right direction. You guys are awesome. You're amazing. God bless you. We'll see you online Wednesday night. We'll see you in the house or online on Sunday. God bless you. We'll see you soon.